Are you afraid of the call? <laughs> the client call? Let's talk about it. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. I think quite possibly the most intimidating thing for me as a new freelance writer and even as an old freelance writer was this idea of client calls. And I knew that if I wanted to break into some of the higher paying markets and do this more expensive kind of work, um, you know, beyond blog posts and whatever, that I would need to be able to handle client calls. And also what we, what I call, not everyone, but lots of people call the discovery call, which is the, um, where you are discovering whether or not you and this prospect are a good fit for each other. Now, I need to pause for a second and say that we are being joined here in the podcast recording corner by at least one of my children, but they promise that they're going to be quiet. So we'll see how this goes. Anyway, so you have your discovery call or you have a call with a client who is already signed on and maybe you need information about a project or maybe you've hit a snag or maybe there's um, some problem at the very end that you need to work out. And so you need to get on a call. Um, So for those moments, which can sometimes be frequent, but for many people are just not all that frequent and not worth freaking out about, not worth not doing this freelance writing thing to avoid. Um, I wanted to talk to you today about some things to keep in mind as you do these client calls. And I lost track of myself in my sentence back there, so... Don't judge me. (laughs) Okay, so um, the main thing I think you should keep in mind when you're coming up on a client call, whether it's a discovery call or it's with an existing client, is keep in mind who is leading this conversation. What is what is the purpose of this conversation? Um, If you are the one who is leading, then come into it with an agenda, um, and then use your agenda to guide the conversation. So it doesn't have to be a formal agenda on letterhead with um, deep explanations or anything. You know, your agenda could just be like the one thing in your head that you need to talk about. Or it could be um, a couple of things that you scrawl on the notepad next to you just so you can remember them. But, But you know what the point is. You know what you're out to Um, discover, you know, you know what you're trying to make happen with this conversation. Now, some things to think about as well. Um, What is the goal of the conversation, which is related to knowing who's leading it? Because the goal is to say, there's so much noise in the background here, I'm so sorry. Um, The goal of the conversation is to Um, run through a list of questions for an interview, or it's to give a status report, or to wonder why they haven't paid your invoice, you know, or something has come up that they want to talk about. Or, you know, the goal of the conversation, if this is with a prospect, is are we a good fit? Am I the right writer for your project? Um, Once you know the goal of the conversation and who's going to be leading it, it's going to go a lot more smoothly because you, 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 you know what's going on. Um, one thing as you think about the goal and who is leading it is 
is this something that can be moved to email? Is this something that is not complicated and can just be knocked out over email? You know, for example, if I'm going to get let go by a client, I'd rather get let go on an email because email is, you know, it's, it's much quicker. It's much simpler. Um, it doesn't take long to fire somebody usually, unless you have, you know, like a long list of reasons why you don't like them, which is not something that I have ever <laughs> experienced, at least not as a freelancer. Um, you know, but that's the kind of thing that can be moved over email or um, setting up a time to do something, you know, coordinating schedules can be done over email. Um, uh, establishing milestones even could be done over email. So think about whether or not you really need this conversation. Now, if you're doing an interview, yes, ideally that's going to be done in person. Um, if you're just offering a status report and it's really just a matter of status and not just, you know, uh, like brainstorming next steps or anything like that, you can deliver a status report over email. You don't have to meet in person for that. It's pretty simple. It's like a one-way, a unidirectional thing. Um, so if it can be moved to email, go ahead and move it to email because I think that's simpler for most people. There are some clients who are like, oh, I hate bothering with email. Can I just call you? Um, and so you may come up on that. And if that's the kind of thing that you don't like. No, don't draw on that, please. If that's the kind of thing that you don't like, then that's a sign. That's something to tease out in your discovery process. And that's a sign maybe that you don't want to work with this person because you will want to do more via email, if that's true. Um, whereas they will want to not mess with email and just do quick phone calls. If you're someone like me um, with a very busy household and lots and lots to manage and I don't have a set schedule and all that stuff, um, it's hard for me to work with people who just want to get on the phone. I, I need to set my schedule like two or three days in advance. Yeah. Um, for anything that warrants any kind of significant, this kid just ate the eraser to my Palomino Blackwing pencil. That's a little bit of a bummer. Anyway, my schedule is fairly inflexible. Um, others have a very flexible schedule and are happy to take calls. So just think about your working circumstances and what you need and what you want. Um, and if you are inclined to take things to email, go for it. I think a lot of people are like that these days. Um, another thing to think about as you sort of get your head around your agenda is, is this going to be like a discussion back and forth brainstormy type thing? Or is this going to be more info gathering where one person is seeking information and the other person is offering it? So, that the the first is like back and forth where it's like um, a discovery call tends to be back and forth. I had a discovery call today with someone who wanted to um, see if I could write a sales page for a workshop that he's putting together. Um, but we ended up going really um, back and forth a lot because he wasn't entirely sure what his offer was going to be. So I was asking questions about, you know, tell me about the offer and what, what do you do on the back, you know, asking about the offer, asking about the funnel. And as it became really clear that he was still sort of thinking it through and he had, 
advice from someone and he'd read this, like he had a coach and then he had these other experts who he was following and he was trying to sort of mush two or three different marketing tools into one presentation. Um, so he and I were going back and forth on, well, what about this? And you could do this. And no, I think what you, I think what you need is whatever, you know, it was very, if not collaborative, it was very, um, discussion-y. Tell me about this. Okay. Well, what about this? Well, based on what you said before, I'm seeing this and, um, anyway, so that kind of thing comes up. Uh, whereas something like an interview is info gathering or something like, um, like, a, an onboarding call is a lot of info gathering. It's tell me about your competitors. Tell me about how you got started. Tell me about where I can find this, this, and this resource. And do you have this thing? And, um, who are some of your, um, best clients? What do they love about this thing that you're selling and things like that? So that's more of me looking for the information that I need to do my job. Um, and then the other thing to think about when you're on this agenda, and this takes into account the previous thing, like what kind of conversation is this? How much time do you have available for it? And how much time do you think it's going to need? Um, if it's the kind of thing that you think might take maybe 15 minutes, anything I think is going to take me 15 minutes when it comes to getting on the horn with the client usually ends up taking at least twice as much. You, so I... <laughs> I stopped booking 15 minute discovery calls and I just called them 30 minute because most of them ended up being 20, 25, 30 minutes. The one today was more like 45. Um, so make sure that you leave enough space in your head. You know, if you go in thinking this is going to be a five minute call and then we're going to be done and they come in thinking, and now I'm going to figure out my value ladder. That's a really big lengthy conversation. Um, that you weren't necessarily thinking was going to happen. So that's why, again, it can be really helpful to get clear on what is the goal of this conversation and who's going to be leading it. Um, there will be times, ideally not very often, but it is unreasonable to expect perfection in this regard. There will be times when things might go a little bit sideways. <laughs> So maybe there's awkward silence. Um, maybe you're not getting the information that you actually need because they're rambling about something else. Um, maybe, you, oh, we're back. Hi, Bobby. Mama, yes, honey. I have another window plane. Oh, very good. Okay, I'm going to get back to my call. Okay, he has another red airplane. <laughs> Normally, I edit this out, but my headphones are completely broken, so my editing capacity is very limited. Let's get back to it. Okay. Um, when things go sideways, if you're not getting the information that you need, or if you have been asked something and you don't know what the answer is, um, or if there's awkward silence. Now, there are some things that you can do. If there's awkward silence, don't suffer. <laughs> Just take charge. If you think the conversation is finished, then you can say, then you can do your wrap up. Well, is there anything else you need from me? Um, and that will prompt them to either say yes or no. And then you can keep talking or not talking. Um, if they ask you something 
and you aren't really sure what the answer is, whether it's like how much would this cost or um, what are all the pieces combined or, or um, you know, anything, anything that's your opinion, you know, what do you think I should do? Whatever it is, if they've asked you something and, and you don't know what the answer is or you really want to take a minute to think about it, it's okay to say, let me think on that and I'll get back to you. Don't feel like you have to answer everything 100% right there on the spot. Also, it's okay to say things like, my best guess is, or my assumption would be, fill in the blank, but let me ask around and get back to you. Um, or, you know, I'm, I know, I'm inclined to think that you should do X, Y, Z. However, I'm not an expert or um, I don't want to step on your business coach's toes, which is what I said today. Um, you know, or anything like that. It's, it's okay to not have all of the answers for everything all the time. As long as you're a normal person and you can still be helpful, um, that it's okay. Now, as far as... Um, when you are trying to get information from someone else and they're not giving it to you because they are okay we need to be quiet when we work you're not getting the information you need because they have gone off they have led themselves onto a digression or you know you asked a question and they answer a different question or something like that um it's okay to ask to come back to it and say, okay, now back to whatever, blah, blah, blah. Or going back to what we were talking about earlier. I just want to make sure that I, I blah, blah, blah. Okay, I pause the recording. My sitter is here. <laughs> the kiddos have been contained and it's just the two of us. So what I was saying was, it's okay to redirect someone back to whatever question you still need answered. Um, and that can be really helpful, not only for giving a professional experience, um, but it just makes your life easier. Um, the, the trouble with client calls is that we get really nervous because we feel like there is a power imbalance. We feel like, we feel like we are the lowly humble little service provider, little mousy me, and this is the big important client and they have all the money and they have all the power and if I don't make them happy, then they're going to fire me and I'm going to never have work and I won't be able to pay my bills and then I won't be able to make rent and I'm going to end up living in my car with my toddler. I don't know what your thought process takes you to, but that's where mine does. <laughs> I go to, I'm going to have to live in my car with my toddler. Although I should say that's how mine used to be. Now it's like, we're going to lose the house, <laughs> which is a lot scarier than not being able to make rent. And also it'd be a lot harder to live in a car with four kids as opposed to one. Anyway, but I digress. I just want to be encouraging to you because there is no power imbalance. You are just two people. You have been asked to do a job and to do that job, you need to... Um, have the information that you need. You need to be able to access the resources and the opinions and the whatever that you need to do your job. You are not less than. You are not less important. You are not um, lower status. You are a person and they are a person. And you're not, you're not on equal, you're not 
like on equal opposition because you're not number one you're not in opposition you're working together to advance the mission of whatever their organization is so you're on the same team and also it's apples and oranges you're not you have completely different roles you have completely um different places in the hierarchy you're like off to the side you're not even in the organization so your statuses are based on two completely opposing not opposing but completely different um models i don't know what i'm trying to say what i'm trying to say is there isn't a higher and a lower because you're not you're not being ranked in the same organization you're not in their organization you're a freelancer so um, I hope that helps cut down the intimidation factor. And I hope this helps as you get your head around these client calls. If you can focus on what is the goal of this conversation and how do I facilitate the achievement of that goal, then it becomes a lot more straightforward. And if you can avoid getting wrapped up in what if I trip on my words? What if I'm stupid? What if I don't know what to say? You know, what if I sound dumb? You know, uh, even if, even if you sound like an idiot and you have Cheerios stuck in your hair and this is a video Zoom call and they decide they don't want to work with you anymore, that's the worst that could happen. They decide they don't want to work with you anymore. Is that really, you know, so bad? They're not going to come light your house on fire. They're not going to fire. They're not going to like... They're not going to call your spouse or your dad or your kid or anybody and have them kicked out of school or have them fired from their job. Um, You're not going to be blacklisted. You're not going to get arrested. You're not going to get pulverized on the sidewalk. You know, the worst that happens is this business relationship doesn't move forward, which frees you up to find new opportunities. Um... And to find people who are going to work with you even when you have a bad day. (laughs) If you can find ways to reframe, like identify and then reframe the things that you're afraid of, it becomes a lot easier. The whole, this whole gig becomes a lot easier when you can reframe the things that you are afraid of and put them into the context of um, just how bad is the actual worst case scenario. Now, I hope that helps. This concludes the, oh, I'll just record the podcast with my kids at my feet experiment. Um, The conclusion we have come to on that is we're not going to try that again. (laughs) And um, let's see if you have more questions about client calls or any other aspect of your freelance writing business. I invite you to come to my Facebook group. It's where I hang out when I hang out online. Um, it's a, like I said, it's a Facebook group. You can search for the Inkwell Guild on Facebook and answer the questions and we'll let you in. Or you can go to theinkwellguild.com and that'll take you straight there. And once again, answer the questions, we'll let you in. Feel free to tag me in there. Um, ask your questions, get support, offer your advice, vote in the polls, um, respond to the feeds. We have a weekly e-threads in there where you can post your stuff to get feedback, which is really, really helpful. We have weekly threads in there where you can share stuff that 
you like your your win your your big wins whether you landed a new client or you successfully raised your rates or you uh, got your website set up you know whatever it is I want to highlight you so um, right now we highlight all of our wins on Instagram but I think I might start mentioning them on the podcast as well because I do record a lot of these um, like in real time like on the day that they publish so I thought that would be cool. If you think that would be cool, come and join us and tag me and let me know what you think. All right. See you on the inside. A funny thing happened the other day. I realized that many of my podcast listeners don't know about Clips Camp. So now I'm going to tell you about it. Clips Camp is a three-week course for new and advanced new (laughs) freelance writers who want to get started with high paid client work. If you are on Upwork and miserable, if you're on Fiverr and miserable, or if you haven't even done anything to get started and you don't know what the first step is, Clips Camp is for you. I'm teaching you how to put together a solid portfolio of writing samples that position you as the kind of awesome writer that awesome clients want to hire. So if you want in on that or you just want more information, go to clipscamp.com and I will see you on the inside.